Hi everybody, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a bi-weekly web series and podcast that interviews agency owners from around the world about agency operations, growth, and scale. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can find our videos and full transcripts on agencyunfiltered.com. In this episode, we travel to Minneapolis to chat with Brendan Denewill, CEO of Dynamico. We talked to Brendan about the flywheel model and how Dynamico puts customer experience or CX in the center instead of CRM. In order to help clients use their CRM to its full potential, learn how to leverage data, systems, processes, and technology to help your clients succeed with a true digital transformation of their customer experience. Agency Unfiltered begins right now. Uh, well, Brendan, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. Well, welcome to Agency Unfiltered, but thank you for welcoming me into your offices. Absolutely, yeah, good, good to see you here, Kevin. Um, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but somebody asked me on a Zoom the other day if I painted that, uh, and I told them yes, so uh, we'll, we'll keep that lie alive. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. Uh, we're here to talk about a whole slew of things, um, and maybe the best way to kick the conversation off is to talk about the change to the flywheel framework uh, that Dynamico put into place. And so I don't want to spoil it, so maybe you can explain that one key difference uh, in your flywheel versus the, the standard uh, methodology. Yeah, well, as a lot of my team will, will know, I, I got very excited about the flywheel. Uh, but over, over the months, the first few months of working with the flywheel, uh, we made one fundamental change, and that change is to the very center of the flywheel, where HubSpot has CRM, we changed that to customer experience or CX. Mm -hmm. And the reason we did that was we wanted to take the, the customer approach always. So again, you know, solve for the customer. And, but what we learned over time though, is that the two are inseparable. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah. You, you have to solve for the customer, but we know that to solve for the customer, you have to have a central database which in our language we call the CRM. Yeah. So uh, you're not saying it's replacing CRM, but it's the other side of that coin. So you think they're intrinsically, intrinsically connected? Absolutely. Uh, so let me just ask you this from your perspective. How well does the average CRM or, the, or an average company's use of the CRM enable a great customer experience? How well do you think businesses are doing with that? Well, as, a, as, a, as an aggregate or average rating, I would say very, very poorly. Okay. So I, I had the opportunity to speak with about 80 leading businesses in the Twin Cities earlier this year. And assuming that they were gonna be, you know, 80 or 90% of them would be using a CRM and was shocked to realize that, that fewer than 40% actually even had a CRM. And of that 40%, 80% of them probably weren't, even, weren't using a CRM the way it should be used. It's like it's full capability, so to speak, yeah. Right, and most of them really are using it as a prospecting tool. It's, you know, how to, how to it's the old funnel methodology where the, the customer is an afterthought. Yeah. 
uh, of a sales process. And once you once you have a, a new customer, you kind of just move on to the next one. Sure. And that's not what a CRM is is really should. What that's not what a CRM should be used for. So you have an audience this big, and you think this is how many CRMs are I'm going to be speaking to. It's actually this many, but then the percentage of folks that are actually using it well is this. So it's a small slice. Right. Um, and so I don't know. From my perspective, that feels like a great opportunity for partners and, and service providers like Dynamico to, to help consult and, and figure that out. So when you see that this many folks need help with CRM or use of their CRM, uh, what's the approach? What's the process? Um, how do you help them qualify the, the right systems or the right technology to use? Yeah, I mean, and this is this has always been a challenge for, for agencies is that when, when they've They've often found this a solution before. The, our clients, uh, businesses, have found solutions before, but because they've approached that solution without asking the correct questions, they've ended up with something that that hasn't been satisfactory, sure. and and they feel burned, yeah. and are very reluctant to to do it again. Mm. So that's the one that's the one challenge. Uh, the one the other thing that we're hearing about a lot about now is. Businesses, especially you know, businesses in the sort of five to hundred million dollar range, a big incentive for them right now, uh, as they're setting up their goals for 2020, is this whole thing around digital transformation. Sure. And of course, so that's a big opportunity for us because we we know that you're not able to do digital transformation without having first of all a CRM at the center. Never mind the rest of the tech stack that you need to. No matter what the, what touch point the the customer has at the end of the day with your with your brand or business, no matter where in the buyer's journey they are, that they have to feel like they're being heard, sure. and we know that that cannot happen without a central database at the center. So you need a CRM a central database at the center, but any other touch points, technology, softwares, whatever you else have, I mean, they have to be speaking to one another. Right, uh, and all that that all that data. So every touch point is a is a data point. And if, it, if that's not being collected and fed into the central database, you, you're just missing so much opportunity with, again, the primary focus being you know, a superior customer experience. You just cannot provide a, a superior customer experience if you're missing half the touch points that, that a customer has with you. So every decision should be feeding back to this idea at the center that everything should be made to enable a superior, excellent customer experience. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned data there for a second. So how do you layer in or how do you help consult around data? You mentioned all of these touch points. Uh, do, do, do clients or customers ever have issues or questions in regards to prioritization? What KPIs matter more than others? Like how do you layer in data uh, to help them with that digital transformation that they're trying to figure out? Yeah, that's a great question. And in fact, is probably the, the, the biggest reason we see software, you know, whether it's MarTech or whatever part of the tech stack it is, um, the biggest mistake or the reasons those implementations are failing is because they're not considering data when they, when they, when they purchase the technology. So they're, they're, they're purchasing the technology in, in isolation of their data and also in isolation of their processes. So they, they'll have, you know, they, every business should have marketing processes, sales processes, and customer service processes. And there are metrics for, for the folks in those three departments that help them create their processes, and then the technology is supposed to enable the, the processes yeah. using that, those, that data, that, those KPIs or metrics. And 
what, what we've seen with a lot of businesses that haven't successfully implemented a CRM or any, any technology, especially integra integrated technology, yeah. is that they haven't considered data and process in their decision-making process. So they, they have the blinders on to just look at technology, but they need the right data points to influence, but they also need to enable the process of marketing, sales, and service. So it's right. this sort of digital transformation as you talk about it, uh, it's kind of the intersection of those three things. Um, what if a, a client or a business doesn't have a buttoned-up process? Do you like what's your involvement in helping shape when needed, uh, or, or do you usually stray away from that? Well, it, I mean, it really depends, and, and because at the same time we realize, you know, again, with the businesses that we work with and that we meet with every week, um, new new prospective clients, it, it is super challenging, it, you know, being a business in in this day and age, and. You know, arguably the the CMO position, who was often the pe the people you know the people we're speaking to, is is one of the most challenging positions to be in today, because of the the pace of change and the increase in velocity of that that change. Yeah. So, we we get that it's difficult when when you're, because and and these decisions are not only impacting the CMO. They're you know ideally the CEO of the company is is getting involved. And as many other players, especially you know, starting with the sales team and ending with the customer service team, and it's really difficult to to unpack all the things that have to be have to be done. Yeah. And what we find is the most effective way to start that that conversation is with, you know, what is the priority business goal that we're trying to solve for. So before you even get into that sort of triforce of tech data. In process, you're start, what's the first step one is defining that overall primary business objective. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you know, that could be a really meaty or hairy objective, which is you know, like a BHAG, a really long-term yeah. business goal. But ideally, you wanna, you wanna try and you know, get that a little more granular where you, you're trying to figure out what a goal is for the next 12, 12 to 24 months. And, and then figure out, okay, so that, if that's the business goal, then what are the key metrics and KPIs? Feed into that. Feed into that. Yeah. What would be a good example uh, of one of those business objectives that you think sets this process up for success? Well, so again, most most businesses are still looking at it from a from an internal perspective, yeah. and and are not really thinking about solving for the customer. So, so one of the things we want to do in this process is hopefully by the end of it, they'll they'll they're going to be start they're going to start thinking about it from a from a customer perspective, yeah. and but even if they if they don't, it's it's quite understandable why they're thinking about doing this from a business efficiency perspective, and. From what drives most businesses, of course, is sales. Sure. Yeah. And that's typically where the conversation starts. It's it's a it's a revenue goal yeah. or a number of net new customers goal, and then we kind of you know work back from there. And as we you know, as as we know in the in the agency space, most of us come from a from a marketing background, and you know our metrics are all at the end of the day should all be aligned with with the sales and, and revenue goals. Sure. But those are typically the ones that we start with. Yeah. Uh, one of the benefits, of course, of, of doing it this way, where you're considering process and, and data and as, you, as you're going through this, is you start finding other efficiencies in, in that process that, that the business wasn't even thinking about initially. Mm. So that's where some of the real value comes in. So uh, one example, 
uh, which was actually the, the case study that I used in my inbound talk this year, was so the, the, our, the client came to us because he wanted to be, have a more efficient business that he could automate as much as possible without hiring more people. As we, when we reverse engineered what we'd, what we'd done for them, we, we realized, in fact, we had upped their customer experience beyond what, what they ever thought, and, and that was not their goal, but that was one of the, one of the unexpected results. And what we've seen when you, when you do this this way, and looking at the trifecta, as you call it, of, of data, tech, and, and process, is that you, not only do you increase efficiencies, when you have increased efficiencies, you have increased profitability. Okay. When you have increased profitability and, and you're making life easier for your employees, you have happier employees. And of course, the, the, biggest, the biggest result from our perspective, which should really be where you start, is you have happier customers. And then, so all stakeholders are happy from the business owners, the employees, and the customers. And you know, who doesn't want that? Right, you're solving for business efficiencies and profitability, but also improving the customer experience. That's like the perfect marriage. Right. Um, and so I guess my question, how do you recommend measuring customer happiness or customer experience? Like what are the data points you use to help benchmark or, or, or measure improvement of that specifically? Well, I mean, you know, again, it'll it'll differ from from business, business to business, business. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it's very simply as someone is going through their buyer's journey and beyond becoming a customer and through the lifetime as a, as a customer, what are they getting? Are they are the questions that they have being answered, and yeah. at the time that they're that they want those questions answered, and r really, that's as, as simple as it is. Is tracking that the business the the buyer's journey and saying okay well what questions do they do do they have pops up at those milestones and yeah. make sure that we we have a way of answering those questions ideally in a way that is both automated but also very personalized uh, and that's that's really what people today expect that's great yeah um obviously we're talking about customer experience um, but on the other side, I guess the other half of that marriage, we were talking about profitability, business efficiencies. So as you successfully navigate, I think we keep using the uh, trifecta of you make the right tech because it's informed by the right data and business objectives. They enable the right processes. Um, but it's one thing to determine what system you want to use and you roll it out to the company. But I think we both know if you don't have that user, like it's one thing to say you want to use this tech, but then it's another thing to actually have that tech be used in the way you intended. So what's Dynamico's involvement with ensuring user adoption or usage? Because uh, I would imagine it's a, it's a major factor in this. Absolutely. So that, I mean, I would say that's sort of the, the, the fifth of the five steps to really have this be successful. And that is the, as you said, the user adoption or the training component. Yeah. So assuming you've had a successful implementation, the only way it's going to be sustainable is if you then spend time training the, the team who are now using this new technology, whose processes have been changed in the process, uh, is in making sure that they're being trained and, and where the value of, of, the, of the change is being explained to them for potentially a period of, of up to 90 days. And that's just something we're, we're starting to do now because we've realized because of the complexity of the change that we're talking about and, and you know, with things like change management being you know, a big deal and I think will be a bigger deal for, for agents and, and agency will play, play a bigger role in change management going sure. forward. 
And that's a whole different skill set, uh, probably one that you are quite familiar with as from your sort of education and training sure. perspective. I feel that's a big gap that exists currently in the, in the HubSpot partner ecosystem and one that we definitely want to want to double down on because we believe that that is what will make those implementations successful is spending time afterwards um, on the training and, and user adoption piece. It's going to be harder and harder as the size of the technology or the more sophisticated or the, the more complex a system of record is is and how much data you need to migrate or how whatever the implementation looks like the larger more complex it is the better you'd have to be at, at navigating and, and managing change management. Um, you also mentioned the training component as well. How granular do your training programs get in regards to uh, roles, uh, teams, you know what I mean? Like um, how, do you, how do you tweak a training program based on marketers versus salespeople, team of two versus team of 10? Um, any, any nuances there? Great, great question. And, and that, that will continue to evolve. But, but I'm guessing what we will do most of in most cases is a workshop for the entire team to, to start off that user adoption piece so that everybody's in the room at the same time with sort of an umbrella disc, uh, sort of explanation of what it is that we've done and why and what the, what the benefits are to the people using the technology, which is essentially to make their lives easier and help them spend time on the things that are, are going to move the needle and, and make their lives easier. Yeah. So, but, but having the, you know, everyone from the CEO to the, to, the, to the people who are actually doing the execution on those tools every day, having them in the same room, going through that, that process themselves, I think is, a, is gonna be a big part of that. Yeah. And then beyond that, breaking them down into teams, you know, typically marketing, sales, and, and customer service. And if we, do, if we need to do a separate one for, for leadership, we could, we could do that. But I think that's how that will look. Yeah. And, and with whether the, it's a team of, of two or, or a team of 20 in each of those departments, I think that might not change all that much other than logistics. So if, if they're not all available to do the training on a particular day, we might break that up. Mm -hmm. But those are all the things that, you know, we're, that are, are new to us too. Yeah, you're actively considering and, and trying to scope that out. Right. Um, where does, so the, I would imagine that the, the the, the meat of a training was the how, right? Like here's how you use, here's what your processes look like, here's how you use the tools to enable those processes, get the data you need to. Um, but where does the why fit in, right? If we go back to customer experience at the center of Dynamico's flywheel, uh, how strong are you pushing that, that why for, for a business change or a systems change? Well, I mean, does that matter to the frontline users? Do you feel it? it well, I mean, it, it does and, and it, will, it will increasingly so, but I think, the, the why at the end of the day is always we want to we want to solve more for the customer I mean and if, if even if that's not their why coming into it that's that's what we think a common why could be for everybody and the, you know the businesses that we're, we're speaking to you know realize that as, as long as their technology is not integrated and is you know Frankenstein or wh whatever term you want to use which is is not enabling the the, the leader of a department or the leadership team of, a, of an entire business to have access to real-time data at all times to make better, faster decisions, um, you know, you're never going to achieve that, that customer experience. So again, it's, it's the yin and the yang of, of the customer experience and the, the CRM or tax stack. Uh, they, they really do have to work together. And I think solving for the customer is, is, a, is a common why that every business will have. 
Um, obviously, when you get into the, the culture of the business, which we don't typically get into all that much in this particular, that, that might be a, another why that you build, would build into, let's say, a workshop uh, for the user adoption right after impl implementation. Sure. Final question for you, uh, not related to customer experience or uh, systems of record, but what, from your perspective, is the weirdest part of agency life? I, I think, you know, I think about this pretty frequently, the, the weirdest thing, and, it, and it's kind of related to our name too. Mm -hmm. So we, we started Dynamico in Spain, and, and Dynamico is a play on the Spanish word dinamico, which means dynamic. Mm -hmm. Because when we whiteboarded, the, the, you know, going through the sort of the naming process, we did a whiteboard and we, the, we had words that kept floating to the top, and eventually we ended up with dinamico at the top. Because we realized that one of the things that we would be dealing with and that we would be helping our clients with was continuous change. Mm -hmm. And that has been absolutely true. The, the, only thing, the only difference has been the velocity of that change. And what's, what's interesting now with, you know, in, in, our, in our critical partnerships like the one with, with HubSpot, we have thousands of software engineers trying to do better things and, and create better technology on the one hand and then we have all our, these agencies that are anywhere from two to, to 100 people um, trying to use that technology to help our clients who, again, might be anywhere from you know, 20 to 1,000 people or, or, or more. And we're kind of stuck in the middle trying to learn and, and, and adopt this technology ourselves and then package that in a way that makes it simpler because we have to add our layer of services to the software and then bring that to the to the client, I think that is definitely that is definitely weird and, and kind of more more ironic, I guess, than, than weird. A team of ten just in this intersection, right, and just right. boiling it down, synthesizing what's our service offering, and then bringing it to the, the client side, coming out of the, the engineer side. Yeah. Right. But I, but I, and and another sort of you know more playful version of that, I guess, is we do have a saying that is used pr pretty frequently around here, which is keep it weird. Nice. Yeah. You got to just yeah keep it unique, keep it weird. Um, awesome. Well, that's it for me. I appreciate you uh, coming on, having me here, uh, but Thanks it's been a pleasure. Yeah, of course. Um, but that's it. Awesome. That's Agency Unfiltered. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Agency Unfiltered. If you like what you saw, heard, or read, make sure to subscribe to our playlist on YouTube, our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or our newsletter on agencyunfiltered.com. Alongside episode launch notifications, the newsletter also comes with a ton of other helpful, strategically curated agency content from yours truly. And if you want to keep the conversation going or provide a counterpoint to this episode's discussion, tweet me at, at Kevin underscore Dunn. I'll see you again in two weeks, but in the meantime, keep it unfiltered and let's all grow.